so many of us get busy taking care of everyone else and what's pressing today that we don't take care of ourselves. That's one of the things that's really important to me is how do we help people to have that more front of mind, to give them access to that workplace plan where they will be saving and they will be somewhat taken care of. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Bonnie Trichel, founder and chief solutions officer of Endeavor Retirement. Bonnie Trichel founded Endeavor Retirement, a consulting firm dedicated to solving problems for plan sponsors, advisors, and service providers in the retirement plan industry. Bonnie works to make retirement legislation easy to understand. She keeps advisors up to date on the rules and regulations through her webinars, presentations, and consultation. The result? Advisors and consultants help more people access their retirement savings. Bonnie is a thought leader on retirement plan governance issues and has been quoted in publications such as the Wall Street Journal, Investment News, 401k Specialist, Plan Advisor, and the Journal of Pension Benefits. Bonnie's vast knowledge in the space has led her to be recognized as an Investment News 40 Under 40 and one of ABA's On the Rise Top 40 Young Lawyers Award winners. She is also a member of the Women in Pensions Network, the State Bar of California, and is a current advisory board member of RISA. Listen in for some great takeaways about creating a retirement plan for you and your employees that will be compliant and help work towards their goals. Well, I have the pleasure today of being with Bonnie Trichel, and I am super excited about this conversation because I think it's something that gets overlooked a lot, and we have to talk about as business owners and entrepreneurs, but Bonnie is the founder and chief solutions officer of Endeavor Retirement, and I am so excited and pleased to have you on the show, Bonnie. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to be here. I'm so glad I had the opportunity to sit with you at a meal recently and learn more about what you're doing, and thanks for having me. Same. That's what's brought us here today, right? As a result of that. So that's right. It's great to have you. So listen, we're going to go into Endeavor Retirement, what that's all about and what you're doing today. But maybe you could give people like a 10,000 foot view as far as who Bonnie Trichel is and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Again, thanks so much for having me. I, just like everyone, fell into the retirement plan industry. I say that jokingly, but grew up in a really small town in the Midwest, made my way to the West Coast because of law school, and did one year of litigation and decided I didn't enjoy fighting with people. So instead, went from defending broker-dealers and investment advisors and transitioned into the retirement plan space. Pretty niche area of the law, but spent several years as uh, an ERISA attorney went in-house for a while, 
and then came to be the founder of Endeavor Retirement, which primarily works with retirement plan advisors, and then also now have a law firm, Endeavor Law, where we support plan sponsors or rather employers as they offer a 401k plan or 403b plan. So really excited to talk a little bit more about that. But most of all, really spend most of my time helping with the focus on that retirement plan that's sponsored by the employer. Yeah. So now you don't get to litigate really anymore. You just get to read a lot because there's constantly changes in this space, it seems like. It's really funny. You would think because I just do this one little sliver of the law that maybe I'd get bored. Maybe it would seem repetitive, but there's such a big body of law because it's always changing. And that's what's so fun about it is there's always something to learn. Probably not so fun if you're an employer offering a retirement plan because it's always changing, but that's where working with a good financial advisor can be really helpful. Yeah, it's like hitting a moving target. So what was the impetus from going, you are a high profile ERISA attorney, really well respected, still are in that space. How do you go from that, being an attorney more or less in that field, to founding Endeavor Retirement and being an entrepreneur? I really enjoy the law, but one of the things where I saw there was an opportunity, one, I really have this entrepreneurial spirit. But two, there was this opportunity for financial advisors to have access to be able to support plan sponsors or employers, to be able to come up with a more scalable way for advisors to work with people who want to offer a retirement plan. One of the things I noticed is that in the ERISA space, it's really expensive to have access to an ERISA attorney. Again, it's this really like specific area of the law, pretty complicated because it's the tax codes intersection with ERISA. So it's fairly expensive to pay those hourly rates. I thought, well, wait a second, there's a way to come up with a model for advisors to be able to access the same thing in a really scalable fashion and do that through a consulting firm or in a consulting capacity. So that was the idea with Endeavor Retirement. I could come up with this more scalable way to serve lots of advisors so that they can help all of their plan sponsors, or a lot of times it's a small business owner, more of that 10 to 20 employee market. They want to have access to provide a retirement plan and they actually want to do it the right way it can just be kind of expensive to do it the right way. So how can we help get more people with access to retirement plans doing it the right way? So that was the idea behind it. Great stuff. So I have to ask, where does the entrepreneurial spirit come from? Did you have somebody that kind of instilled that upon you when you were younger or just something that evolved for you personally over time? Just evolved over time. My mom, she worked at the high school when I was growing up. My dad, he's an electrician. I'm the first person in my family to ever go to college. But I just evolved over time and probably through a course of failing and failing fast and forward. So I was part of a small law firm. I was one of my first jobs and had some ownership in that. Started an RIA briefly at one point and again, failed forward and fast in that and now have another company. And so it's that intrigue of like, how do we build it faster, better, stronger? So that gives me a lot of intrigue of like, how can we build something and build something successful? Great stuff. Great stuff. One thing I got from you, certainly when we were sitting together and having that meal was that helping people save for retirement 
you're actually helping the employers establish, stay compliant, and get these retirement plans set up. But at the end of the day, it's really for those participants, the people, the employees who are signing up for them that you're really passionate about. You want to help them be able to save in an effective manner. Why are you so passionate about helping people save for retirement? Well, if you think about it, how many of us get so busy in our lives and we're going to our job or many people are helping their kids or helping their parents. But when you think about retirement, where does that come in the order of things? It's so far down the line, it comes last. People aren't thinking about, hey, I've got to save. Most folks, if they don't have access to an employer-sponsored retirement plan, and if that plan does not have something like what's known as automatic enrollment, where you're just defaulted into a portion of your paycheck going into that plan, we don't take care of ourselves. So many of us get busy taking care of everyone else and what's pressing today that we don't take care of ourselves. That's one of the things that's really important to me is how do we help people to have that more front of mind, to give them access to that workplace plan where they will be saving and they will be somewhat taken care of, right? So that's really important to me. And I think there are really good opportunities to facilitate that structure. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about this today, but things like Secure Act from 2019 and Secure Act from 2022 or Secure 2.0 starts to facilitate more of those infrastructures, but especially, again, really have that entrepreneurial spirit. A lot of small business owners Retirement plans seem too complex to put into place. Or even if you're an individual participant or employee, it's always on the back burner. You have more pressing things, picking up your prescription, picking up your kids from school, fixing the car. That needs attention today. So the retirement plan, that gets put on the back burner. For me, it's just really helping people to think about it might seem far away, but if you don't start today, it's really going to be impactful later. And to some degree, this is a relatively new -er phenomenon, right? Because most people are used to those in the workforce today, one, two, three generations ago, they didn't have to worry about this because most of the employers would set up the plans and there was some kind of pension opportunity where it was kind of done for them, where they didn't have to think about it. But today's workforce, that burden is really on their shoulders, right? You're exactly right. There's two big changing things today. One is the lack of these defined benefit plans or pension plans. We don't have access to those anymore. And then you couple that with how long people are living now, which is great. Modern medicine is fantastic. But as we have people living longer without access to this defined benefit structure, we have to really train folks hey, you have to save in this defined contribution plan, or if you're your own business owner, how do you use a state-run program or an IRA? We really have to teach people how to fish, so to speak, so that they can set up their retirement savings. Like I said, it's a relatively newer phenomenon, really. Let's shift gears for a minute. And this is one of the things we talk about as a firm all the time with the families we serve, and especially newer families who may not know what it is, or they ask us about it. And that's the F word, not the bad F word, but the <laughs> F word fiduciary, right? Why is it so important for people to understand what a fiduciary is? We could go down a lot of different paths with that, but I think what's best is to really keep it simple. And at the heart of it is, who's looking out for your best interest? How do we understand that someone is taking care of you and putting your interests first? 
So there's all kinds of different headlines and back and forth. And there's different standards for the F word or fiduciary. And that could be if it's in your employer-sponsored retirement plan, that could be in your own IRA. But at the heart of the issue is you want to make sure that you can trust the person who is taking care of your money or making recommendations. The same way, if you go to the doctor, you want to know that that person is making a good recommendation with respect to your health. Well, same applies in financial services, right? You want to know, is this person acting with a duty of loyalty to do what's in your best interest when they are telling you to invest in XYZ? The converse of that would be, well, maybe this advisor, he or she is making a recommendation and it's serving both parties, right? That could be okay, but what you really are interested in from my perspective is if Larry's making a recommendation, is Larry putting my interests above Larry's interests? That's what we're really looking for, or at least that's what I want for me, for my parents, et cetera, is someone who's making those recommendations in my interests above all else. Yeah, and I think that is so vital. And like you said, there are many different layers to that, right? You have the advisor relationship, you have the advisor to the plan, you have the people who are operating and making the decisions for the plan. It's very important that you understand in what capacity they're working. And before we jump in, I'll share with you, this is an interesting story. We had a law firm that we were talking with that we had an employee one of the partners there or one of the lawyers there is a family that we work with. And we were helping them manage their 401k. And when we looked at the assets and the investment choices, the expenses were extremely high. And he made an introduction to the managing partner. We had a conversation with them. It didn't go the way we wanted it to go, but we made them aware that, hey, these expenses are super high. It was probably in line with when they started the plan. It was probably in alignment with where they should be. But now at the size that they were today, it was probably three, four, five times what the expenses should have been. And we pointed it out to the managing partner. And to your point, you have other things to do. We pointed it out and he was like, thank you for letting me know. I'll take that under advisement and we'll see what we can do. I was like, you know, you're a fiduciary. You have to act in the best interest of your employees. You're a lawyer. He understood that fundamentally and wasn't really moved by our conversation. The ironic thing is just a couple of weeks ago, we received notice that they must have updated the platform because the expenses did come down and the choices changed, but they're still probably three times as expensive as they should be. So it's just like, what do you do? But it goes back to... You know what you know, and also if you don't have somebody acting necessarily in your best interest that understands that, you as the employer, as the trustee, fiduciary to the plan, you really have an obligation to sniff that out and figure out a way around that, right? Oh, spot on. And there's all kinds of litigation and big plans about that issue of your obligation to do its best and to have a reasonable fee for participants. So it's a big topic and one that you really want to, when you're in an individual capacity or when dealing with a 401k, make sure that you understand, is this person acting in my best interest? That's a really important area. Yeah. So I think my wife would be upset if I didn't ask this, but all the jargon that's in our profession, there's a lot of it in regards to retirement plans alone. 
how can the average person work towards ensuring that they are on the best path for retirement when they have all these terms and terminology that they may not understand? Are there steps that they could be taking to help ensure that they're on the right path? What do you mean, Larry? The QDIA, the 404 this and the 408 that and the... Automatic enrollment, automatic increases. Those sound easier to understand, but still it's not as easy to understand if you don't understand how the plans work, right? It's so interesting. So over time, we have Congress and we have different regulatory bodies. And one of the great things they've done to help is what? They've required all kinds of notices. So now to help the average participant, you get your packet that's like 20 pages long with more jargon and more notices. And that's to help you understand everything. I'm not saying that doesn't work. But I think the average participant doesn't read those notices and it comes now in an email notice and it's full of jargon. So I think if you really take a step back, one of the things that many plans do that I think folks don't always participate in or take advantage of is first, there's a lot of opportunities to meet with someone or to ask questions. So much of the time, it's free. So you can call in to either oftentimes a financial advisor, someone, Larry, like yourself, and you can actually have an introductory call and an educational appointment. It's purely educational and it's already included in the fees that you're paying. You could do that with the financial advisor or oftentimes through the record keeper. And again, those are free consultations. They're educational in nature. So I think one, it's just check out what's already available in the plan which I said it's free. It's not free. You're actually already paying for it in the fees for the plan. You're just not taking advantage of it. We like to say in the Sprung household, it's baked into the cake. That's a great way of saying it. Or it's like nothing in life is free. So it's like one, take advantage of those things you're actually already paying for. You're just not taking advantage of. So it goes back to one of the comments I said earlier, where it's like, we're always putting it in the stack of like the to-dos later in the week or later in the month or the year or the quarter, but bring that to the front of the pile and at least just ask some basic questions about what is my plan? How is it available? Two, make sure you understand when you have that conversation, some basic, I'm going to call it plan provisions. It's that concept of like, don't leave money on the table. Make sure you understand some of those things. Like how does my plan work from a contribution perspective? So how does my match work? Or what is the contribution that's available to me so that you're not leaving money on the table? Also things like the vesting provision. And when we say vesting, that's how long do I have to stay to actually get the money that was coming in from like a matching contribution? So those are just the basic plan provisions. So you can schedule that appointment. Number two, understand how the plan works. Number three, I would say it's just making sure that you stay apprised of those notices. I know they're pesky, but like if you get a notice and you don't understand, again, go back to that, like ask the question. And finally, the fourth piece would be Just making sure that when you have those meetings, like if you have a meeting with, I'm going to call it the record keeper or the person who's probably like on the letterhead for those statements you get, or if you have a meeting with someone like yourself, Larry, ask the question of like, are you a fiduciary to me? Are you acting my best interest? What is your role? So you can really understand like, how is this person engaging with me? And that'll just start to help the process just to learn the basics of the plan. You can gather quite a bit of information from those types of meetings. 
want to take a quick break from the show to talk to you about our latest best-selling book, Financial Planning Made Personal. It breaks down complex financial concepts into simple, easy-to-follow steps that anyone can understand. Everyone has a unique financial journey, and this book can help yours. Do you have your copy yet? If not, please go to financialplanningmadepersonal.com and order one today. And I have one more question for you. What did you do today that brought you joy? Yeah, I think those are great takeaways and things that will certainly help those listening have a better understanding and cut through the jargon. So many people, when they retire, they have this lump sum of money or these assets. How do they go about figuring out, okay, well, I'm thinking about not working anymore. I have these lump sum assets in my 401k and my retirement account that I've put in money, my employer. Now what do I do? What's the best path for me with that money? Where do they turn for that? First and foremost, there is no one size fits all. I believe that each person has a different path that is the best path for them. One of the stats that is shocking to me, but has changed over time is that it used to be your employer wanted to shove you out of the plan as fast as possible. I recently saw a stat that said six in 10 plan sponsors or employers wanted to keep participants or employees money in the retirement plan. So I think there's this belief that you have to leave the retirement plan on day one of retirement. That's not always the case. For many folks, leaving the retirement plan and working with someone, Larry, like yourself is going to be their best opportunity. But I think that's not the case for 100% of folks. So some people will get the opportunity to go work with a, I'm going to call it wealth management advisor or private advisor, someone like you, Larry, who's going to do a great job with them. Other people might be best served with staying in the retirement plan. So again, I think I would give the opportunity to meet with an advisor to ask those questions that we talked about, like, are you a fiduciary? How do you work with me? What is your service model? Ask those types of questions and then evaluate, should I take my money outside of the plan? That concept called like a rollover, or maybe I leave my money in the plan for a while. That might be a great option too and might actually be available. The fees might be very different too inside the plan versus outside the plan. Of course, the services are going to be different as well. So it's going to be different for everyone. But those are some of the things I might evaluate because I think people don't always realize you can leave your money there if you decide to do so. Great points. We just met with a family retiring police officer, and he's going to probably retire at the age of 50, 51. And people are telling him he should roll over his 457 plan. He came to me and I said, absolutely not. I said, we could roll over a portion if you want, because he's not thrilled with the investment choices and the return. I said, but here's the deal. I said, once it's out of there, now that money is going to follow the IRA rules which basically means anything prior to 59 and a half minus some exceptions, you're going to have to pay taxes plus a 10% penalty. Whereas if we leave it in the 457, he has free unfettered access. He's going to have to pay taxes, but there will never be a penalty. And he's like, oh, nobody told us that. 
I said, yeah, because the advisor's not having your best interests. I'm having your best interests. And we've done that successfully for firefighters and police officers because we don't want them to roll it over and then have to incur that penalty. We want to leave some liquidity there. So if they need to, most of them don't want to touch that money, but sometimes best laid intentions go awry, right? So might as well have that opportunity and leave it there if it makes sense. So thank you for sharing that story. Absolutely. That's a great example. Yeah. So let's dive into some of this, the legalese, so to speak, where you guys really shine. The SECURE Act and the SECURE Act 2.0 have been some of the most sweeping legislation that we've seen affect retirement plans in years. How do you suggest people ensure that they're maximizing, and this could be looked at from both the employee perspective and the employer perspective in terms of maximizing benefits or some of this legislation that's been passed? And it might be beyond the scope of the time we have today, but maybe just some highlights because there's a lot in there. (laughs) There's a lot in there. When we look at it, Secure Act, the first one from the end of 2019, had 29 different retirement plan provisions. And when that passed, we thought, oh my gosh, this is so big. And both sides of the aisle came together and agreed that we needed to really focus on two main things. One was expanding coverage. So back to really where we started today's conversation. How do we get more access to people saving for retirement in a workplace plan? The other big thing is something I'm going to use the term longevity it was seeking to address. So how do we help people, back to another comment I made earlier, but how do we help people to not outlive their savings or to understand what does my paycheck look like on day one of my retirement? Then everyone forgot about Secure One or Secure Act of 2019 because what intervened? COVID and everyone got distracted. So except for those things that were absolutely required, a lot of Secure One was kind of like swept aside. But again, Congress came back together and right around holiday break, we had Secure 2.0 and they wanted to ruin my New Year's. So we had Secure (laughs) 2.0 with 92 different retirement plan provisions. So when you mentioned, how can people maximize or take advantage? One of the things to keep in mind with Secure 2.0 is, again, it's seeking to do a lot of different things. Another big concept is, how do we get people saving for retirement? How do we get people access to a workplace plan? That concept of auto-enroll or automatically just taking from your paycheck because we recognize that participant behavior is that if you just automatically do it for people and then they have to come back and opt themselves out as opposed to opting in, you're going to get more people saving. What we think about with Secure 2.0 is that of these 92 provisions, many of them are optional for an employer to add. The employer doesn't have to add them. There's some that are required to be added but many of them are optional. So as you mentioned, thinking of it from both sides of the coin, the employer side, if you're a small business owner or business owner who's listening, or if you're an employee who's listening, there's a lot of different provisions that could be very helpful. But if I'm an employee, one of the things I want to be thinking about is, number one, watching out again for those pesky notices that I mentioned. Thinking about, hey, Over the next couple of years, paying attention to those notices that come out that might say things like, good news, your retirement plan has added a student loan matching provision or an emergency savings provision. 
These are what I'm going to call optional provisions that your employer does not have to add to the plan, but they could choose to add it to the plan. By that same token, if I'm an employer and I'm thinking about how do I attract and retain talent, what can actually help my people be better prepared for retirement, be better employees because they're not focused on financial matters? These are the things that employers are going to want to be thinking through Does my service provider, like the record keeper I'm partnering with or others, are they prepared to help me implement? Because Secure had so much stuff in it, a lot of the service providers, they actually can't really add all of these things. They're so focused on things like the Roth catch-up provision, which requires that Roth, we don't have to get into the technical detail, but (laughs) if you make over $145,000, your catch-up contributions are going to have to go to Roth anything now starting in 2026 and beyond. Well, that technical like pain to capture has been such a distraction for our service providers that doing things like adding an emergency savings provision, it gets really cumbersome. So there's both sides of the coin, but the goal again was how do we help people save more? How do we help people, if they have been saving, access their money in an emergency while at the same time not making our 401k a piggy bank. And you might have some thoughts on that. I think there's some behavioral finance that can go both ways there of we want to give people access because it encourages them to save, but we don't want them using it like it's their savings account where they're just always drawing out money and then they don't have any money left by the time they get to age 65. So there's so many different directions we could go there, but that's some high level thinking on secure and what it does, which is really positive, but creates some technical difficulties along the way. Yeah. You don't want your 401k being your emergency fund. Do you want an emergency fund so you don't have to go to the 401k? But there are people that ultimately have to crack that piggy bank in order to make something work from time to time. So it's a little bit of a double edge because you want to give people access, but not unfettered access to that degree. So one of the things is we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the Midland Money Mindset. And now what we're seeing is, as a result, many more states are requiring retirement plans and provisions, et cetera. What advice do you have for small business owners to make sure they're staying on top of this and that they're doing what they need to do from a state perspective? Because I know we've seen it on our end, but I don't know if I wasn't in this profession if I'd be seeing or knowing about what was going on within my state regarding retirement plans? Such a good question. I moved from Oregon to Kansas City about a year ago. So I was in Oregon when they came out with the first state-run retirement plan. So it started in Oregon and then flowed to some other states, and now it's permeating many states. One of the great things about state-run retirement plans is that it really actually jumpstarts the private sector retirement plans. So I believe that after Oregon started, there was a 70% increase in private sector retirement plans. So one of the things I would say is that, one, if you are an entrepreneur and you're in a state that's contemplating a state-run retirement plan, I think it's the perfect time to evaluate what is the trajectory of my business? Am I going to be that size where I may think of it as stair steps, right? And some organizations will always be at a level where a state-run IRA is going to be the perfect fit for you for the long term. But if you're at a trajectory where 
yeah, maybe it's the state run plan, but pretty quick, I'm going to be into that 401k space. It might just be the jumpstart you need to call someone like you, Larry, and say, you know what, this is just pushing me into it. I should go ahead and go up to that next step and start a 401k plan and work with the right partners. And I think it's also helped to evolve some of these service providers that really have really easy access to working with some of these service providers that can do, I'm going to call it 316 services. So they can take a lot off your plate. You can partner with someone who's going to do the investments, partner with someone who's going to do everything else. And it's really the jumpstart you need. In terms of just the awareness component, I think it can be hard, right? We're in the space, so we're paying attention to this. It really depends on the state. Oregon did a pretty good job and had some grace periods, but you really do have to pay attention and different states are handling that outreach in very different ways. I think it really is the financial services industry on the private side that's doing a lot of this push in many states to say, hey, did you know there's a state-run program now? you can go ahead and work with us or head into the state-run program. Right. My takeaway is if you're an entrepreneur, you have a business, if you don't have a retirement plan at this point, I would make sure reach out to somebody, have a conversation and see if one is going to be necessary, one is going to be mandated. And then if so, what are the best options for you to implement that plan to make sure that you are compliant and really caring for your employees and your staff and your stakeholders, right? Absolutely. If you're in a state that doesn't have a mandate yet, it's coming. And I would say if it's not coming from the state level, it's coming from the federal level. The push is defined benefit plans are going away. We need people to have savings or access to savings, even as small as you're the sole owner of your own company and it's just you. Even with the gig economy, it's coming. I would think about it sooner than later. Yeah, great. Agreed. So what do you see as the biggest challenge for business owners who maintain a retirement plan for their company and employees, right? Because there's so many things, as you said, 92 new pieces of legislation in there, pieces that are mandating retirement plans. Not all of them maybe have to deal with retirement plans in particular. But if I'm a business owner, which I am, and I want to maintain a retirement plan, which I do, but I'm not in this profession like I am, how do they manage that? And what's a big challenge for them? Or the biggest challenge, I guess? This is sometimes unpopular among financial advisors when I say this, but when you think about a retirement plan, most people think, well, it's the investments. That's the biggest thing. That's the toughest part. That is not the toughest part to me. To me, it's all of the, I'm going to call it the administrative components of running it. So there's so many little requirements to send this notice and follow this change and that change. And really what it is, is finding the right service provider to manage all of those things. So that's where I really feel like having a good financial advisor is your partner to make sure you have the right record keeper and the right TPA and the right ERISA counsel when you need them, which is hopefully not very often. It's really, I view that finding the right financial advisor, especially if you're a small business owner, you want that advisor who can help your own personal financial picture to then also know when do we have the 401k and how does that fit in and how can they help manage all of those service providers. They're not doing all those things, but they're making sure you get to the right people. To me, that's the biggest thing is who's managing that partnership wheel and how are they making sure all of those people on the wheel stay on track. 
I think that's a great point because like you started out with the investments, you could screen the investments, run them through a tool and find out if they're on track or off track, what needs to be replaced. That's really easy. The hard part is making sure that you're set up properly, that the employer is set up properly and things are getting done for them. Because like you said at the very beginning, you don't want this being put on the top of the pile and then find out three months later it's on the bottom of the pile. You want it to get addressed because usually if there's a change that needs to be addressed, you have a certain amount of time to address it, but it probably behooves you to address it sooner than later to limit that ERISA attorney involvement, I would imagine. Yes. You want to limit that person on the partnership wheel as much as possible. So absolutely. Right. Well, Bonnie, it's been a pleasure having you on. And we ask each of our guests the same final question because we're all about joy here. And that is, what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? So one of the things that I really enjoy is my dog, Sonny. He is a golden retriever and I got to wake up, take him outside I do these short videos to train people on various topics, usually two to three minutes posted on LinkedIn. And the one that I posted today was Sonny and I teaching about a topic. So he made a guest appearance. So that's my joyful moment today. Do you mic Sonny up too or no? (laughs) You know, Sonny just like pops in for a quick appearance, but I think that brings people joy more than the actual content of the video. So he just pops his head in to say hello. We'll have to see if it goes viral today. We'll have to take a look. So listen, it's been a pleasure having you on and we're going to have all of your information in the show notes. But if people want to connect with you, learn more about you, learn about Endeavor in greater detail, what's the easiest and the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. Appreciate you asking. The website is endeavor-retirement.com or they can always shoot a note to info at endeavor-retirement.com. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Bonnie. I'm so glad we had that opportunity to have that meal together a few weeks ago. We met. You are a dearth of knowledge. I have to say you are probably the most knowledgeable retirement plan person I've ever met. And I am grateful that you are connected with Carson and our team because that only helps us help the families we serve. So I appreciate you and enjoy the day. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you and your wife and look forward to talking again soon. Thanks again. I want to thank Bonnie Trichel for being a guest on the Mintland Money Mindset. Bonnie is one of the most intelligent people I have ever met, and her vast knowledge of the retirement plan space is second to none. This is an area of the profession that is constantly changing, and Bonnie is always on the forefront of those changes to ensure a great experience for all the stakeholders in a retirement plan. Bonnie Trichel and Endeavor Retirement can be found across most social media platforms. All the contact information needed to find them can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money.
The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.